Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Uh, Welcome to today's Commonwealth Club presentation. My name is Dr. Patrick O'Reilly. I'm the chair of the Psychology Forum at the Commonwealth Club, and I will be the moderator for today's program. I am pleased to introduce today's speaker, Dr. Stephen Hassan, a mental health professional who has been helping people leave destructive cults since 1976, after he was deprogrammed from Sun Moon's Unification Church. He's the author of four books, including Combating Mind Control, The Guide to Protection, Rescue, and Recovery from Destructive Cults, and more recently, The Cult of Trump. A leading cult expert explores how the president uses mind control. If you have any questions for Dr. Hassan, please use the text chat feature, and uh, and your questions will be sent to me. And as time allows, Dr. Hassan will answer them. So, without further ado, please welcome Dr. Hassan. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. O'Reilly. I'm very honored to be invited to speak at the Commonwealth Club, and I am a member. Um, So thank you for inviting me, and let's jump in to my PowerPoints. And I want to do slideshow. Good. And... So uh, I've been asked to speak about cult-like behavior and extreme Trump followers. And in my presentation, I wanted to start with the question, how would you know if you were under mind control? I'm going to come back to this question later in the presentation. But I do want to say that it's not so easy because when you're involved with a destructive authoritarian cult, you think you're thinking for yourself, it's your free choice, uh, and you don't understand what's happened to you. You're unable to see the situation objectively. So in this presentation, I want to not just define the whole issue of undue influence, but also give insight into the mindset and give a frame that will be useful for everyone. Excuse me. So I'd like to start with social psychology's most important principle, which is known as the fundamental attribution error, which is the tendency people have to look at another person and overestimate their character, their disposition, and underestimate the context or the situation that's influencing them. So specifically, when I hear people talking about Trump believers, I hear repeatedly how they're stupid, they're ignorant, they're this, they're that, as opposed to really thinking clearly about what's gone into their experience that has caused them to become so fanatical. And um, I've always been teaching for 45 years about situational vulnerabilities that all people go through in their life to being recruited by an authoritarian cult. But I thought I would just mention some of the key things, divorce, separation, the, you know, uh, breakup of a relationship, death of a loved one, illness. Of course, so many people have died because of covid Uh, I don't know anyone who doesn't know someone who's died because of that. Uh, The economic problems, uh, loss of job, graduation, moving to a new city, state, or country, 
Um, and of course, people who are magical thinkers are, as opposed to analytical thinkers, can be more vulnerable. And some other things, some other factors of vulnerabilities, there are folks who are high hypnotizable. Um, and so they have good concentration, good imagination, and under the right set of circumstances can be implanted with ideas that they would normally not ever choose of their own volition. Um, excessive amounts of, of meditation, even being on screens, which has been tremendously ex uh, developed, um, um, expanded, I should say, because of the pandemic, all kinds of problems. But what I would like everyone to understand is step back from that bias of blaming the victim of who gets into a mind control cult and really look at the context and what's been happening to our society and our world. Another important concept that I want to share is the notion of the authentic self and then the cult self that that gets created, that suppresses the person's self. And the key point here is understanding that mind control or brainwashing or undue influence does not erase the person, but it creates a, a kind of pseudo-identity that suppresses the person. And I did take the liberty of mentioning Tanya or Patty Hearst, um, uh, who was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army, as everyone in San Francisco knows so well. Um, and actually, I was recruited into the Moon Cult the same month that uh, Patty Hearst was kidnapped and became Tanya. So here's a couple of pictures of Moon being crowned the Messiah in the Dirksen Senate office building. Um, and because of time, I'm not going to go into it, but, uh, the Moonies are very best known for their mass weddings where Moon would say you and you, you and you, you and you. And I guess I should say for those, uh, listeners in San Francisco, the Moonies were big recruiters in the Bay area, uh, under a front group called the creative community project for decades. But these folks are all believing that Moon is the Messiah and that he can read their minds and know everything about them. They often didn't know each other before they were in, told to marry each other. And uh, most of the people, as far as all the statistics I'm aware of, are, are now divorced uh, many years later. So this is Sean, this is a little laser pointer. Sean Moon, one of Moon's sons, who has a uh, version of the Moonies that he calls the Rod of Iron Ministry. He takes a verse from the Bible and says that we need assault rifles for God. And I bring this up because the Moonies have a gun factory uh, in Pennsylvania. And here's Sean Moon on January 6th. Um, during the insurrection attempt. And as far as I know, uh, other than the fact that he was tweeting how it was Antifa that did the violence, um, I am not aware of any media covering the Moonies' involvement with the cult of Trump. Uh, although many people know about the Washington Times, uh, they don't understand that the Moonies have been involved with the media 
with trying to influence the government for decades. And I am a whistleblower. I was a leader in the cult. I cut off from my family, dropped out of college, quit my job, and believed that Moon and his wife were my true parents, and my parent, my real parents were satanic. And for anyone wondering, I basically had a near-fatal van crash due to sleep exhaustion, and after two weeks in the hospital, visited my sister, and my family arranged a deprogramming, which saved my life. And it was that experience that has governed and directed me for the last 45 years of my career. Quick graphic. Think about authoritarian cults, uh, top leaders, and, and cults can be ideological cults. You don't need a living leader or a person to have an authoritarian cult. Um, but keep in mind, the main numbers of people are out here and not people who are in the core. And for the book, The Cult of Trump, I developed this graphic to try to explain how I saw it. Um, and uh, there are very powerful financial political influencers, the Christian right that wants dominionism, that wants to abolish the separation of church and state, wants to undermine women's right to choose and gay rights, uh, were influencing using their followers uh, to be the core uh, base of Trump. Of course, there's a bubble, the right-wing media, social media uh, that we know also well. But the good news is Trump has been defeated and hopefully he will be served in criminal charges soon. PSYOPs is psychological operations, and I want everyone who's listening this to understand, to step back and look uh, through this frame, that what's been happening has been psychological warfare as well as cyber warfare, and the utilization of data mining through the Cambridge Analytica hack which is this great documentary, The Great Hack. Social Dilemma is a documentary uh, interviewing former executives from major platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, talking about how AI is, is made to uh, capture people's attention in order to influence them. And this documentary, a lot of people haven't seen, uh, it talks about a company called Glue that takes people's data that's been harvested without their permission largely and sells it to third parties in order to target them and recruit them. So back in 1974, when I was recruited at Queens College, oh yes, and I grew up 1.3 miles from Donald Trump, by the way, in Flushing, Queens. Um, what, what, what I want everyone to understand is that when I was involved with cults for decades, helping people get out of cults for decades, uh, it was a person to person thing, but with the introduction of the internet and the increasing sophistication of understanding and knowledge about how to manipulate and control people online. That's how we've gotten to where we are today. And uh, knowledge is power. 
and understanding this and making sure to inoculate our children, our family and friends is absolutely critical. So I thought I would just make a list of uh, from chapter five of the cult of Trump um, because of time. I don't want to go through all of them in, in detail, but um, framing is a very powerful social influence uh, orientation. Uh, Robert Cialdini, uh, so famous social psychologist, has uh, talked about in his book Persuasion the necessity to, you know, basically decide the territory of whatever the interaction is going to be about. And unfortunately, the cult of Trump uh, people have been far more sophisticated in my, uh, my in my opinion than uh, than everyone who has been trying to promote democracy and freedom of course storytelling is one of the oldest forms of influence it's a way to share experiences and of course if you tell a story about needing to make America great again, and you create a fantasy around that, um, that's the frame that many people in the cult of Trump are, have been uh, indoctrinated into versus looking historically, looking at the facts and having a more nuanced and robust and complex understanding of our history and our country. Projection is a very important and powerful technique of influence where you're diverting people's attention to the other side in order to take the attention off of you. So if you think back, Trump would often blame uh, Hillary Clinton, for example, for trying to do a coup, when I think the evidence will come out that, in fact, uh, there, was, there is evidence about the 2016 election for example. But projection is, is being used constantly. Uh, and I'll get into explaining how to um, parse and how to understand a whole continuum of influence. Um, repetition over and over and over again, especially by an authority figure, someone who occupies the office of the presidency can keep changing people's stories at will with a tweet, and that's what he was doing for four years straight. Social proof is getting other um, politicians to support his big lies, his pathological lying, getting media people to repeat it, celebrities. Um, I want to talk about hypnosis and something called neurolinguistic programming, NLP. It's something that I've studied in depth in 1980, actually, in 1981, uh, right after my exit from the moon cult in, in 1976. I was just immersed in wanting to understand brainwashing and mind control and undue influence. And this is a system that was developed by Grinder and Bandler based on a psychiatrist, Milton Erickson's work with with uh, naturalistic or process-oriented hypnosis. And much of what, what um, Erickson taught and NLP teaches, and I should say Tony Robbins is probably the biggest promulgator of the techniques of this influence, of mirroring people, mirroring their words, mirroring their postures, their breathing, 
pacing wherever they're at and then leading them. It's a very important concept uh, to learn more about visualizations like imagine the immigrants they're coming they're invading us and and this type of uh, mental manipulation to generate fear is hugely important in the cult of trump fear hatred um, anchoring is another term think of anchoring as a cue uh, a lot of people know of Pavlov's dogs, uh, where there was a ringing of a bell and the dog would salivate. Words can become anchors and um, and gestures can become anchors. And it's a way that we learn, but it's also a way to program people if you're an authoritarian. Confusion is the single most important technique if you want to mind control someone or exert undue influence is to disorient them so that they're off balance and they're, they want to make sense of what's happening, but things are very confusing. And so, for example, we're kind of wired to follow authority figures that we believe are legitimate. And we're kind of wired to expect that, you know, media is going to be telling us the truth. Although I think now, after four years of the cult of Trump, we are much more suspicious about what information is being sent our way and what's the source and has it been validated. But confusion, uh, if somebody like Trump says a statement like, uh, well, Obama wasn't born in America, big lie, but he says it and he says it over and over and over again, repetition, etc. The, the normal reaction is confusion because he shouldn't say that, but he is saying that. So it activates a part of people's minds to try to, to resolve the confusion. And unfortunately, whatever information is coming at us dominates. Pattern interruptions. So how to explain a pattern interruption? I want to use the Access Hollywood um, um, statement that he made that he was that Trump was caught on tape, where he talks about grabbing women by their genitals. And as soon as he said it, I realized this is a, a technique to pattern interrupt someone, in other words, to invade their space. It's so out of the ordinary script. It's so out of the ordinary uh, code of, of conduct that unless you've been violated or raped, where you slap the person and you scream, you, you, you're in shock that somebody just touched you in your privates. And in that moment of confusion and pattern interruption, Trump would say, but you're so beautiful. You made me do this. And it's a way of, of, of harming and assaulting women that uh, I, I believe we're going to be hearing a lot more about. Double binds is where you're given a sense of a choice, but in fact, um, uh, whatever you do, the person who's the puppet master is in control of the choices. So you have the illusion of choice, but there is no choice. So, for example, in the moon cult, you can leave, the door is right there, but you'll regret it forever and Satan will invade and destroy the earth. But it's your choice. 
that's an example of a double bind. Next, I'd like to talk about the phenomenon of, of Q and QAnon. It's a, uh, a not a kooky conspiracy in my evaluation. It's actually fulfills the, the qualifications of an authoritarian cult. And I believe it's primarily a psyop that was intentionally um, uh, developed. And, and I wrote about fourth generation warfare in the cult of Trump, which is a new concept that I was not aware of. It's a, it's a concept that was written up in the late 80s by an American military strategist, William Lins, who paired up with Paul Weyrich of the Christian right and a group called the Council of National Policy. If you haven't heard of the Council of National Policy, check out Shadow Nation by Ann Nelson. It's a very important book to read. But Fourth Generation is about creating psychological confusion, disorientation, recruiting ad hoc believers um, who will be uh, agents for you to create chaos. Um, when people ask me, give me an example of fourth generation warfare. So why would Trump put someone in charge of the EPA who doesn't believe in the EPA to delegitimize de the government? to delegitimize de science, to promote global climate change as a hoax for by those forces that have fossil fuels and want to uh, protect what they perceive are their assets. So this kind of intentional uh, manipulation using the media, using uh, ex so-called experts, and I... It drives me crazy to hear the media talk about we live in a post-truth world. That's not true. Truth still matters. We live in the age of undue influence and digital undue influence. And facts and science still matter. When I was studying QAnon, I learned about um, alternate reality gaming. I, and I'm of the generation where I didn't do video gaming. So, uh, but it was a it's a very important construct to know about. And I want to mention a TEDx Mid-Atlantic program. It's 90 minutes long, but Jim Stewartson helped to develop alternate reality gaming where people play roles, but it's now been weaponized by QAnon where these Q drops are made and people are trying to puzzle what does it mean and they project meaning into the most uh, uh, coincidental facts or points. And it's all been generated intentionally to stir people up into this black and white, all or nothing, good versus evil and projecting all evil on the other. So the Democrats are pedophiles and the Illuminati and the satanic uh, uh, cabal and uh, regurgitating anti-Semitic, uh, old anti-Semitic uh, memes. Uh, but it's very important to understand that everyone who believes in QAnon has been, in my opinion, a victim of undue influence. 
and very sophisticated online undue influence. This is probably one of the most important slides um, that I want to share with you. It is uh, what I refer to as an influence continuum. And I want you to think about this not as a binary, but a continuum of ethical influence and unethical influence. And think about over here, human rights and democracy and rule of law and collaboration and cooperation. And think about here, elitism, authoritarianism, fascism, uh, where people are objects to be manipulated and controlled. Um, on this side, free will and critical thinking is crucial, using your conscience. It's love-based. It wants you to be true to your real self. But in an authoritarian cult, no matter if it's a political cult, a religious cult, a therapy cult, a commercial trafficking cult, it's all the same patterning of creating this, this pseudo-self and love, so-called love, is conditional upon performance and doing what the leader or the ideology dictates. And whereas here, it's about conscience as a core um, reference point for your decision-making and your agency, this is about doctrine and internalizing the doctrine. And it's typically hate-filled and fear and guilt-oriented. The goal of authoritarian cults is dependency and obedience. So I have a couple of other things about leaders. Unethical leaders are narcissistic and psychopathic. I have a couple of slides on malignant narcissism that I will cover shortly. Um, but it's about secrecy. It's about wanting uh, total power. It's all about power. Here, people realize, you know what? I'm a human being. I have my limits. I need to uh, be trustworthy, accountable, uh, and empower my, my, uh, my team, if it's my employees, my, my family, my coworkers. And in organizations, a very important construct is the notion of informed consent, where you know upfront who, who are you, what do you believe, and what do you want from me before you get recruited and indoctrinated? And in my opinion, if we're looking at religious groups, the healthy ones are upfront, honest, accountable, trustworthy, and the authoritarian cult groups, in my opinion, actually violate people's religious freedom I'm, I grew up Jewish, and when the women were recruiting me after my girlfriend dumped me and I was sitting in the cafeteria at Queens College, and I asked them, are you part of a religious group? They said, oh, no, not at all. And at that moment, they infringed on my religious freedom as a Jew to make a conscious decision whether I wanted to get involved with an anti-Semitic, fascistic, uh, authoritarian cult. I never would have dropped out of college or threw out my poetry or cut off from my family or friends if it hadn't been the undue influence program exerted on me. So here the means create the ends. 
Here, the ends justify the means. Here, if you're in a church or a temple, a mosque, any relationship, you're free to leave. Here, in the ideology, there's no freedom to leave. You become a non-person. You become an enemy. You become a traitor. And it's, it's so crucial that everyone understand this. And a few years ago, I came to the realization after 40 plus years of activism that the law itself was about 100 years out of date in terms of understanding the whole idea of undue influence. The law says you turn 18, you're an adult. And, and and does not appreciate all of the forces and social psychological factors that go into um, uh, deceptively recruiting and indoctrinating people. And so I got in. Oh, so I, this is my model uh, that goes with this. So I'll come back to to my dissertation in a minute. I have a slide on that. But going back to the slide. I have formulated, based on Leon Festinger's cognitive dissonance model, um, a model that looks at a group's behavior, their information, their thought control, and emotional control. And going through these four overlapping components can robustly identify if a group or a person is over here on the healthy end of the continuum or the unhealthy end of the continuum. So very briefly, here's the slide. Behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. I put the URL of my website, as you can get copies of all of this information there. And I have a few, uh, oh, and this was my, my doctoral dissertation. So I realized the law was out of date and so I decided to do a literature review taking Robert Lifton's models of studying Chinese communist brainwashing. Margaret Singer was another major person. And I know that my introducer, Patrick O'Reilly, Dr. Patrick O'Reilly, was uh, studied with Dr. Singer. Margaret Singer wrote the foreword to my first book, in fact, Combating Cult Mind Control. But I, I went through all of the major models of brainwashing and thought reform and mind control, looked at the literature on undue influence, and I want to give a shout out to the Borchard Foundation that that um, uh, funded a, a very comprehensive um, research paper that led uh, some laws to be changed to protect the elderly in California uh, from undue influence. And the Elder, um, uh, Elder Justice uh, Coalition of California is the place to go for more information on that. Um, and then I looked at the federal laws involving labor and sex trafficking and the legal system itself. And I did a um, quantitative study on 1,400 subjects, and we came out with a very powerful factor analysis for authoritarian control that plugs into the uh, influence continuum I just showed you. And I want to do a shout out to Santa Clara Law School Professor Emeritus Alan Shefflin's social influence model 
And this is part of what I think judges and juries need to understand and how the law needs to be updated is that you can analyze the influencer and the influencees and look at, you know, do they have authority over the person? Were they wanting power, money, or sex, or what? And the techniques is my bite model that um, I just mentioned, behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. And the consequences. And with this frame, any expert witness can evaluate undue influence by looking at the person. Was there a radical personality change when they got subjected to the undue influence or the cult involvement? And what what are those factors that were used on the person? And I think this hopefully will be uh, so helpful in determining uh, going forward how to do justice. So I have four slides now, and they're very dense, and I don't want to go through everything, but I do want to highlight with behavior control that these days you don't need physical control. You can control people through their screens and through their smartphones. So many people are living at home now or in apartments. They have no physical connection to other cult members, but it's not necessary. But what is necessary, you may be encouraged to wear certain clothing and hairstyles. A lot of people are sleep deprived. Uh, we have research, uh, robust research, that people need seven to nine hours of restorative sleep. And most Americans are sleep deprived, which sleep deprivation is a major factor that, that makes people more susceptible to, um, to uh, undue influence. Um, restriction, uh, lots of time, reporting, behavior modification, wanting to be part of the group, discourage individualism, rules and regulations. But the key is um, wanting dependency and obedience to the authority. Information control. Information is the food we use to think. And if information is poisoned and lies are poisoned and framing can be twisted to be poisonous. It's very, very important for us to be stepping back and really understanding and thinking about information. Just like we think about food, uh, we, do we want to just eat anything or do we want to eat healthy things that will sustain us? And as I mentioned before, deception is absolutely key or lack of informed consent uh, and deliberately holding back or distorting information or the big lie, um, cutting people off from believing in other sources of information is valid. And of course, fake news and the media is the enemy of the people uh, put, makes people regulate their own behavior to avoid taking in information from other points of view. So going through this entire thing, the spying and pairing up and manipulating the extensive use of information and propaganda, 
I read Brian Stelter's book, uh, Hoax, on Fox News. Uh, in the cult of Trump, I talked about Alex Jones um, taking over a thousand stories from Russian propaganda TV and whipping it up into a story that then got picked up by Breitbart, that then got picked up by Fox News, and then other media outlets would report on that. So it was affecting all of us, even those who are not, were never believers in Donald Trump as a legitimate authority figure as president. Um, so thought control, think black and white, all or nothing, good versus evil, very rigid. In other words, the complexity of life is made into kind of cartoon, kind of simplistic. And that's how I thought as a Mooney. Like anything that helped the group was God and anything that criticized the group was Satan. And I was literally brought in 1974 with several hundred other Moonies to see the Exorcist movie. And Moon gave a lecture about how God made this movie. And this was going to be a prophecy of what would happen to us if we left the group. And the next slide gets into phobia indoctrination. This, this inculcation to motivate your amygdala, your fear center over your critical frontal cortex is absolutely crucial. Loaded words, very powerful. The names that Trump would create for his adversaries to try to minimize them, put them down. Um, thought stopping techniques to shut out any negative thoughts, denial, rationalization. So thought control, again, behavior control, information, thought, and emotional control are interrelated, but it's all about controlling the person's sense of self and their belief system and their behaviors. So I have a slide on the loaded language piece. They're buzzwords. Lifton talked about this term loaded language when he was studying Chinese communist brainwashing. And uh, in the Moonies, it was Cain Abel problem or chapter two problem. But in, in the, the cult of Trump, it's all about MAGA and the storm and fake news, the deep state, etc. But Words should be looked at as tools for us to think and not just as uh, weapons or as things that are anchors or cues to keep us in line with the ideology. And emotional control. Basically, all of these authoritarian cults, on the one hand, want you to feel special and you're part of the elite and you're chosen uh, and uh, everyone else is part of the problem that needs to get resolved. Uh, people are told to shut off their negative emotions, whether they're homesick or they're angry at the leader or they're doubting. Suppress it through thought stopping and other techniques. Um, when you're in a cult, you're always told to be positive about the group to the public so you're always giving positive testimonials of how great it is. But internally, it's not the case. People report feeling very suffocated. 
And phobia indoctrination, there is the, it's one of the fastest mental health illnesses to cure if you understand the structure of phobias. And it's one of the pieces that I teach my clients to help their loved ones to uh, reality test. Um, so very briefly, if someone has an elevator phobia, they can't imagine riding safely and comfortably. They can only generate negative movies in their head of plummeting to their death or being trapped for eternity. And understanding intellectually, is it a safe elevator? Does it have emergency brakes? Has it been inspected? Then one can learn techniques for positive visualization, systematic desensitization to get over any phobia, especially elevators are easy. Um, there's no happiness outside of the group. Um, so asking, asking someone in the cult of Trump, what would happen if they decided to leave? What do you think would happen to you? is a really powerful question because when you're in a mind control cult, you don't think about leaving until you do when the mind opens up. So I want to just come back to this and mention this narcissistic profile. I see I have about nine minutes left, so I'm going to speed up a little bit more and just tell you in chapter three of the cult of Trump, I compare Donald Trump with Jim Jones, Sun Myung Moon and Hubbard of Scientology. I mentioned Keith Ranieri and a few other cult leaders as well. And I like the term that Eric Fromm um, used malignant narcissism, which isn't just these basic narcissistic qualities of grandiose self-centered behavior and fantasies of attractiveness and power, uh, the need for praise and admiration, the sense of entitlement and lack of empathy, but the antisocial pieces as well, where you think you're above the law. You think that, that it's fine to lie and be a pathological liar. I believe Donald Trump has now told over 30,000 lies, uh, um, according to fact checkers. They're always exploitative interpersonally. They're sadistic, harassing, violent, paranoid, you know, uh, and they have a, a problem trusting anybody, even their own subordinates or family. So if you remember back to the beginning of my presentation, I asked, how would you know if you were under mind control? And I really am wondering what you think. And normally if we're together in person, I would be calling on people and hearing ideas. But because of time, I want to just uh, outline my recipe for how to know, if I may. One is take a time out from the involvement with the group. In the case of the cult of Trump, that means turning off your phones, turning off notifications, getting off the internet, and just letting your brain rest. And this was something that was so important in my exit of the moon cult was being in the hospital away from the cult for two weeks and sleeping and eating. It's hugely important. So physically 
stop the constant reindoctrination. And this is a very difficult task in this digital age, in the age of the COVID pandemic. Uh, and I can talk about some of the ideas that I've come up with for my clients, but that's the first step. If you really want to assess for yourself, whether you've been under mind control, take a time out. Second, study models of, of thought reform, brainwashing, and mind control. And I recommend using Robert Lifton's model, Margaret Singer's model, my bite model of authoritarian control. And then the next thing is seek out critics and former members, because when you're in an authoritarian cult, you're not allowed to think negative thoughts. You're not allowed to read critical articles or watch critical documentaries uh, and do it like just say, look, if it's legitimate, it will stand up to scrutiny. And if it isn't legitimate, why would I want to continue to be involved? Right. So seek out the critics, hear what they have to say. I've written several books on the subject, but I am by no means the only source of information that you need to know about the uh, involvement of the cult of Trump. And then I, I, I want people to think back to when they first heard of Trump or when they first heard of QAnon and what they thought it was. And my experience is usually people have negatives that they remember back in time. And then honestly self-reflect, like what were the things that got you to join, to get you to commit, to spend time, money, recruit others, and really unpack it. With QAnon, there are specific docu um, propaganda videos and documentaries that have been made that were deliberately engineered to, to recruit and indoctrinate people into the rabbit hole where they would constantly be more involved. So that honest self-reflection is absolutely critical. And by studying the influence continuum and the bite model, you can answer the question for yourself. Um, and especially talking to former members who have left and are happy and fulfilled it's incredibly powerful. So this is a slide that I added last minute, but I felt like for this presentation, I needed to give some advice. If anyone has family or friends involved with the cult of Trump still QAnon, the first thing I want to say is when people are in this bubble, this ideological bubble of a cult, the only way they're really going to get help is if outside information connects to them and it's family and friends that are the most powerful agents of positive ethical influence. And unfortunately, so many people I've met have told me that they've just cut off contact with their sister, their brother, their aunt, uncle, parent, best friends. And I'm urging everyone Educate yourself first, learn more, but then reach out and say, I miss you. And if they're angry at you because you called them names, told them they were stupid, there were, you know, other words, um, apologize and say, look, you, you're, you matter to me 
and I want you in my life again. How can we proceed in a way that makes sense for both of us? And let them feel respected. Let them feel loved. Let them feel warmth. And the most important thing is stop throwing facts or trying to persuade them like you know and they don't know. Take a frame of, look, whatever's true, we both need to figure this out. Maybe I, Steve Hassan, have been brainwashed by the liberal media. Let's talk about it. Why do you think I'm brainwashed? Let's discuss what brainwashing is. And one of the big Achilles heels with anybody in any particular cult is they don't think they're in a cult, but they know other groups are cults. And the two populations that I found to be most effective with cult of Trump folks is talking about Chinese communist brainwashing and trafficking in pimps and how they enslave people. And you can go through the influence continuum and the bite model so that they understand it. And then the key technique of all time is asking a good question with respect and thoughtfulness and kindness and waiting patiently for a response from the person. Typically, a QAnon or a cult of Trump person will send you 20, 30 video, um, links and, and watch, look at this and say, let's just do one at a time. We'll take turns. You do one thing. We'll watch it together and we'll discuss it. And um, uh, then it'll be my turn to do one thing. We'll watch it and discuss it and we can move on. So I have lots more um, on my website. I'll just say that my whole approach at helping people exit me is involves getting family members and friends and ex-members together and coordinate a systematic positive influence aimed at empowering the person to think for themselves and make their own decisions. I call it the strategic interactive approach and wrote a whole book on this technique. And um, I invite you to freedomofmind.com. I have a nonprofit entity for my research uh, called freedomfromunduinfluence.org. And with that, I am finished. Thank you um, for the opportunity and Dr. O'Reilly. So now I'm going to try to stop the share. Thank you, Dr. Hassan. That was absolutely fascinating. And uh, no big surprise, you've got quite a few questions. We've got time for, I think, most of them. Based on history, what would be the consequences if Trump was returned to power? Oh, I, I, I that was my nightmare. And that's why I've been working so hard for years, because I think we would lose our democracy and we would have a dictatorship because he wanted to be installed forever and have his children maybe follow uh, when he passed away. And uh, it would be a nightmare. And right now we're living a nightmare trying to undo all of the damage that's been done. And uh, the next question is, does former President Trump know he's lying? Is it intentional? Very good question. And I, I want to comment that there's this very toxic ideology that's been around for a long time saying that you create your own reality. And so if you don't believe it's true, then it's not true. 
And this is the culture he was raised in by an authoritarian father. He was raised in the church of Norman Vincent Peale, where you believed 100%. And if you doubted, that was evil. So in his mind, it's not the same as normal people thinking. And that's part of the problem of, of the average person can't imagine the mindset of somebody who has such a uh, a hole in their in their soul that they can assault women, lie, put children in cages. But unfortunately, so to answer the question, yes and no would be the most honest way of saying it. Uh, Dr. Hassan, please comment on the woke movement and the cancel culture. Great question. Thank you for asking it. I actually wrote a blog. Uh, criticizing cancel culture of any kind on the left, on the right. Um, I think humans are not perfect. We need to get out of this demand for purity that people have to be perfect. If people make mistakes and they are apologized and they are accountable for their mistakes, it should not end a career, in my opinion. I think we need to be focused on the here and now, thinking about how we want America to be, how we want the world to be, and work actively on that. So I am against canceling people because they have different ideas or, uh, you know, or, or, or uh, um, and, uh, affiliations. Another question for you is, could this cult model apply to the entire Trump family? What would be the danger of any uh, Trump children were to come to power? I think I, I, th I defer to Mary Trump on this, a psychologist Mary Trump, who grew up in the family. And I, I think she knows everybody in a way that I could never. I think it would be disastrous for anybody in the cult of Trump, including the current members of the Senate and the and the Congress who are in the cult of Trump to uh, be in power and, and ascend even higher. Okay, here's a longer question. I'm going to read it. In watching the lead up to the storming of the Capitol, there was a festive air among many of the people attending the rally. They were singing, uh, remember that song, Twisted Sister song? I don't know how I know that, but it is. Uh, we're not gonna take it. Uh, it was just like a carnival atmosphere. Is this an indication that for many of the extreme believers, the attraction was one of community, that they felt they were an integral part of something larger than themselves? Oh, I think this is a huge factor. And it's a point that I didn't make earlier in the presentation, that my experiences is people want to improve themselves and they want to be part of a bigger cause and a bigger community. This is healthy and normal. Um, and uh, the whole role of music is a whole nother dimension, uh, as well as movies like The Matrix. Like people need to understand the red pill of The Matrix. That's a story frame that a lot of people in the cult of Trump have adopted, that somehow they have the real truth of what's going on and everyone else is part of the the uh, automatons out there. Um, but absolutely emotional connectivity and feeling like you're part of something great 
is a powerful motivator. And I do believe the Biden administration can capture this energy and, and, and many of the NGOs that are springing up um, to help us rebuild our country. I believe you've asked, answered this, but you might want to elaborate on it. Um, do you think QAnon was a military psyop? My understanding is it is a psyop that was instigated by former American military intelligence officials who know how to do psyops. And let me be clear, you had a, a previous guest Dr. O'Reilly, who was talking about conspiracy theories, and she, and I love that she talked about actual conspiracies that uh, our government has been involved with. And I think it's absolutely critical to understand that um, parsing what's real and what isn't real, but pulling back and 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 we will be forensically able to identify who the key players are. I believe they've actually been identified, but you're going to find uh, former military intelligence, Christian right people, Russian people, and maybe some neo-Nazis in there uh, and a few other bad actors. Uh, and is it a coincidence that cultural leaders act and sound so much alike? I, I, all I can say is, you know, people have been interviewing me about cults for decades. I was interviewed for a business book called The Culting of Brands or something like that, where there was a study of like, what do cults do to keep people in? What can we do for our corporations to keep people in? And an adaptation of a lot of these methodologies into corporate culture and I think now we're realizing that greed doesn't work, that our system needs to have community values and, and, and the long-term trust of people if a company is to continue to exist. And so I, I really think we need a reset based on understanding we don't want to do to others what we don't want done to us. And we're all on this beautiful planet Earth together and we have to be thinking globally for our mutual survival. One premise that cult-like groups count on um, is that potential new members are vulnerable in some way. How is this applicable to the extreme Trump followers? So the documentary people you may know, it actually shows that they were looking for people who are having distress, whether they were Googling, you know, what to do if you're depressed or uh, frequenting other sites, looking for medication or other psychological well-being, selling these people's profiles to cult groups who then will meet them on their Facebook page or wherever and have somebody invite them for a Bible study or whatever. So I really think that there's an error. I saw a recent article kind of saying, oh, cult, cult of Trump followers have mental illness. I think that, that, that we have a little fundamental attribution error bias going on there rather than I think the big focus needs to be on the deleterious unethical influences that have been used to find people and manipulate them. I also can tell you when I was a leader in the moon cult, 
we were told to stay away from people with psychological problems because they were too much work and too unreliable to control. We wanted good people, smart, talented, who would work long hours for no money. And here's a very good question. I'm just going to condense a little bit. Uh, do, you, do you think that, um, that public education should emphasize critical thinking? So I, I think that public education not only needs to teach civics, uh, explaining to people how the country and the whole system works, uh, critical thinking, but also media literacy and how to discern something that's true from something that's a belief or a conspiracy theory. And we need to get hold of our technology because our technology is largely controlling us. I actually did a TEDx talk on that theme about technology controlling our minds. And I, I also want to do a shout out for one of my mentors, Dr. Philip Zimbardo and his Heroic Imagination Project which is a curriculum that I think should be taught in every school in the United States and adapted for different levels of, of, of but it, it's encouraging people to understand social psychology and do the right thing. And I think it's a beautiful inoculation kind of program that's already been developed, but it needs to be plugged in and can be. As it happens, as it happens I did host Dr. Zimbardo's talk on that subject. For people who are curious, they can find a podcast of it on the Commonwealth Club website. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Hassan. That was absolutely delightful. Uh, I really appreciate your taking the time. We're in California. You're in Massachusetts. So yeah, thank you. It's an honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this program. I hope you have a delightful day. The weather's beautiful here in the Bay Area. Let's try to enjoy it. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support.